Welcome to the Healthy Tips Podcast, produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by AppJudo for your software needs, BulletPad for writing lists on your iPad, and also sponsored by our listeners. That's folks like you. We're Kira and Bill Van Ittersom, and welcome to today's show. Today, we're talking about diabetes. What can I do about it? Hello, everyone. Diabetes, boy, that's a subject that's coming up more and more in our present society. And we're going to talk a little bit today about why that is. And then we are certainly going to get back to what can I do about it? Well, diabetes is generally caused for one of two reasons. We have type 1 diabetes, and that's the one that's usually known as juvenile diabetes, although people are getting it even when they're not children these days. And it's when the pancreas doesn't make enough insulin, the hormone that regulates the blood sugar. Sometimes it's a malfunction in the hormonal system itself. And you're often born with that, or it comes about in the early years of life. And that's why they call it a youth illness more than the type 2 diabetes. And that's where the muscles, the fat, liver, and other cells start refusing to absorb the glucose. And this results in too much sugar or glucose in the blood. The body does have a blood sugar monitoring device, and it's called the pancreas. And this is what releases that insulin to regulate the sugar in the bloodstream. Insulin actually transports the glucose into the body's cells for use as energy. It's kind of like a door opener. So when there is sugar in the bloodstream, you eat a meal, you drink a pop, you have other sugars within that meal, and then those sugars are processed in the stomach, and then they get released into the bloodstream. And the pancreas recognizes that sugar is present in the bloodstream, so it releases insulin. And as I say, it's kind of like a door knocker (laughs) to the cells. The problem comes in when there's too much sugar in the blood and the demand for the insulin becomes too great. So the available insulin can't get all of the glucose into the cells. It accumulates in your bloodstream and just sort of becomes a sludge there. Uh Also, the pancreas can begin to get tired and it can produce less insulin over time because you're forcing it to produce more insulin and more insulin and Mm -hmm. more insulin because you're eating way over the normal human needs for sugar. Absolutely. It gets tired and it wears out. Absolutely. Well, glucose that stays in the blood for long periods of time causes a condition called glycosylation. This is when sugar molecules begin to attach themselves to protein molecules on the surface of the cells. And this keeps the protein molecules from doing their proper job which is feeding the cells and helping with the cell wall building and all the other little jobs they do. And this can cause cell and vascular wall inflammation. That's right. In their book, You Staying Young, Dr. Roizen and Dr. Oz, and you probably recognize those names from television, and they say that these are the real dangers of diabetes. In the bloodstream, the junction between the cells becomes leaky and vulnerable to tears. The body tries to plug these tears with cholesterol, causing plaque in the arterial walls. Now, there's controversy over whether or not we should have more or less cholesterol in our systems, but it looks to me like there's some evidence now building that sugar is the real culprit here. 
Now, Dr. Roizen and Dr. Oz also are suggesting that glycosylation causes the cloudiness which develops in the eye's lens, which we now call cataracts. And Kira and I just finished a podcast on cataracts that we published last week. I am one of these people that had their lenses removed and had plastic lenses reinstalled. Doctors Roizen and Oz's opinion is that the excess glucose in my bloodstream is what helped attack my lens and cause my lens to become cloudy. Also, there's other diseases that can result. So even your retina can become fragile. Some of your eyeball tissue can become fragile and the blood vessels that supply my eyes with the proper blood nourishment can become less elastic and harden up and also begin to leak. And it could be a cause of blindness. Right. In the skin, there's this elasticity problem. The collagen becomes less elastic when there's too much glucose and it begins to harden. So your skin is no longer as firm as it once was, and it sags and develops wrinkles. Also in the connective tissue, there's less elasticity, and that causes weak joints that wear thin and no longer move smoothly. These are the things that create aches and pains and the crippling effects of eventually arthritis. Now, as we mentioned earlier, glucose can have an effect on your blood vessels because of its ability to combine with the protein. It causes hardening of the blood vessels, and the ability to regulate blood pressure may become compromised. So if you could imagine that you have these series of hoses going up and down all over your body, and if they can't expand and contract as they need to to help you adjust for higher blood pressures that you need and lower blood pressure, so when you're running, you need a higher blood pressure when you're pedaling a bicycle. When you're walking, you need more than you would at rest, but less than you would if you're biking or running. And if you're sleeping, you need to have even lower blood pressure. So you need for your blood vessels to be able to expand and contract and not be hardened up and not be cracked and irritated. Now we need to take a quick break to thank a sponsor And we'll be right back to talk about the dangers of too much glucose in your system as it has to do with your nerve cells. Time to thank one of our sponsors. Today's show is sponsored by BulletPad, the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad is an outstanding tool for writers, thinkers, and folks like you. Begin organizing today. Get BulletPad for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for BulletPad. And we're back. And you mentioned we are going to talk about the nerves. When this excess glucose gets inside the nerve cells, big molecules that really can't get out of those nerve cells are built. These bigger molecules also attract water, which makes them even bigger. So these cells get trapped in there. These are the normal molecules that are developed by the body. But when that glucose is there, they're so large, they can't get out once they get in there. These cells are squished tightly inside the myelin sheath that surrounds them. And this normally protects the nerves. 
But in this case, the nerves can also be squished and damaged by these larger cells. This is when diabetics begin to have trouble sensing their feet in this condition that's called peripheral neuropathy. It is the major cause of foot ulcers, which lead to amputations in diabetic patients. And that's some pretty serious stuff. If you've ever been around a lot of older people, like I often am at the VA hospital, and I see so many with amputations below their knee, below their ankle. Sometimes when I talk to these guys, it wasn't an injury in the war. It was an injury because of diabetes. And it's a difficult thing for them to control. Well, it's certainly aggravating once they have it because they can't get up and move around. A lot of them are pretty well stuck in that wheelchair. Right. Well, in addition to all of these problems, excess blood sugar can turn into more fat cells. So this becomes a vicious circle. Too much fat on the body creates insulin resistance. And then insulin resistance, which makes insulin ineffective at getting glucose into the body cells, causes the body cells to be hungry because they're not getting the food and energy that they want. So then they call on the thyroid and the other appetite-activating centers in the brain, and they ask for more food to be delivered. So now the person gets hungry and they feel driven to continue to eat. And again, vicious circle, vicious cycle. And that's why it is so hard to control because diabetics are hungry. (laughs) They're hungry all the time and they're hungry for sugar. So how do you feel when you have diabetes? Well, you feel tired and you feel like you have no energy. Why? Because your body is not efficiently using the energy that you're feeding it. And you also urinate a lot because your body's trying to get rid of that excess sugar that's in your bloodstream. These are two really common signs that if you begin to experience that in your own body, it's time, maybe past time, to get into your doctor and get checked out and find out what your numbers are and what their opinion is. And then you can begin to get some help. Right. Now, we need to take a quick break to thank our other sponsor. And we'll be back to talk about what can you do about this thing we call diabetes. Also sponsoring our show today is AppJudo, your complete web and mobile application development service. AppJudo uses the best technologies and computer science principles to build attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, AppJudo can help make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. And we're back. Well, of course, Bill mentioned one of the most important things, and that is to see a doctor. If you do feel really tired all the time and you find that you're going to the bathroom all the time, that could be a sure indication that you have this kind of problem. So see a doctor, get some testing done monitoring the situation, and you may possibly even have to take prescriptions, but better to have it checked out than not know about it. Now, the first thing that your doctor will immediately suggest is some weight reduction plans. Now, psychologically, this is going to be tough. Physically, not so much. You can get into a whole new habit in less than 30 days, but it's your mental habit that causes the problems. 
Some people go so far as to have bariatric surgery to force themselves to not be able to eat large quantities of food. That's pretty extreme, and there has been some complications with that, even people dying from that surgery. In our opinion, we think it's better if you were to even use hypnosis or maybe neuro-linguistic programming to give yourself a psychological boost to help retrain the subconscious mind. But in any case, keeping the weight down is one of the most important things that you can do in this battle with diabetes. Sometimes actually correcting the weight or getting your weight down just slightly can completely correct the situation. And not every diabetic is overweight. So we just want to say that if you are overweight, that may be one of the first things your doctor is going to address. One of the things that works along with psychological conditioning is to reduce your intake and eat more often during the day. So that sounds like contrary advice, but if you eat smaller portions more times a day, your body will be able to work much more efficiently and the work that's placed upon the pancreas is going to be reduced significantly. Right. So you might want to listen to our podcast about eating on a smaller plate. (laughs) We have one out there. Another thing that you want to consider is exercise. And this, of course, is because Even just a half hour a day of exercise will help you to unclog those arteries. It assists your insulin to do its job because it's helping you to move things through your arteries. You're getting your body moving. And this could be walking. It could be going to the local high school pool that's open in the evening and even just walking around there, not necessarily swimming, but just getting in the shallow end and walking around. There are so many low-impact exercises that would be great to start with, especially if you haven't been exercising up to now. That's right. There are also some tricks that you can use. There are some herbs like ginseng and cinnamon, and just regular black tea have been shown to actually reduce the blood sugar if you take those on a daily basis. And you don't have to take a tremendous amount of them either. But not sweet tea. So don't take your tea and throw in a lot of sugar and say, oh, I'm helping my blood sugar. Yep, that's a (laughs) no-no. Also, chromium. Chromium helps the insulin work better in your body. Now, drinking coffee, believe it or not, can help decrease the risk of high blood sugar, even by as much as 25%. Now, there are comparable researchers in this area that agree and don't agree. But coffee with no sugar, black coffee, no cream, no sugar, can actually help reduce high blood sugar. But if you've already got diabetes, if you already have a problem, then you want to be very careful with any caffeine. Therefore, you'd want to switch your coffee to a decaffeinated coffee, and you would want to watch all other caffeine drinks. So this would be like all of the colas. Mountain Dew, things like Red Bull that are super saturated with caffeine, none of these would be good for a person who actually has full-blown diabetes. Even caffeine that's found in medication could be bad for you if you have elevated sugar. So you want to actually avoid caffeine in all forms. It has been shown to spike the blood sugar. Another thing that's really just becoming well-known these days is chia seeds. And we've all heard of the chia plants. 
Turns out that these seeds are extremely healthy for you. These chia seeds taken in two doses of 20 grams, which is just about two tablespoons, can help reduce glucose levels by as much as 50%. Chia seeds also can help reduce blood pressure because of this same reduction of sugar in your system and also help you with the risk of heart problems due to arterial damage. It's that effective at reducing the glucose in your system. Now, these chia seeds can easily be cooked into a bread or sprinkled on cereal and salads or added to your shakes and soups, your smoothies. They also help with your weight reduction because as they go into your stomach, they absorb water and they begin to bulk up or swell. So this helps to make your stomach feel full and this helps to make your body satiated. And I really just recently started using chia seeds. I had bought a bag of them at Costco's, and I thought I'd bake them into some bread, which I did. I keep forgetting to use them, and recently I brought them out and started using them in my scrambled eggs. And by golly, they actually taste good, and and I think they add some really healthy benefits. So it's a great way to have them Not bad. I was surprised. You know, I see all these little black specks. I think it's loaded up with pepper, some kind of a hard ground pepper. But no, it wasn't pepper at all. It was chia seeds. They're so slippery, and once they're wet, you don't even notice that they're there, really. And you can't hardly taste them as you're biting down. It's not something that gives you that crunch like, let's say, sesame seeds or something. No, not at all. It's kind of a painless way to add some really healthy ingredients to your food. (laughs) So, Well, Kira, I think these have been some helpful and handy tips for our listeners. Yes, and I think it's a really important subject, so I'm glad we covered it. And we had some requests to cover this, so... This is for you, and we hope you're listening. (laughs) And before we leave, we do want to say that we're not healthcare providers, and nothing that we say here should be misconstrued as medical advice. It's not meant to treat, diagnose, or prescribe anything. Everything that we share here is our own opinions. It's based on our own personal research and our experimentation. Thank you for being with us today on the Healthy Tips Podcast. To subscribe to our show, go to iTunes Podcast. Just look for Better Living Institute the Healthy Tips Podcast. There you'll also find all the podcasts produced by the Better Living Institute, the Book Talk Podcast, the Love Stories Podcast, the Happy Kids Podcast, the Happiness Experience Podcast, and today's podcast, the Healthy Tips Podcast. At the Better Living Institute, we're creating health, wealth, and happiness, one loving conversation at a time. You can also find our podcast and view all of the great stories, photos, and links that we post by visiting our website at www.betterlivinginstitute.com. While there, please go to our contact page and leave us a comment. Kira and I encourage you to send us some feedback and also let us know if you have an interest in a specific health topic. You can also like and message us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com forward slash Better Living Institute. In addition, our email address is feedback at betterlivinginstitute.com. We hope you'll listen again next time and remember to share our show with your friends and family. This is Kieran Bill Van Ittersom for the Better Living Institute saying so long for now, everyone. 